Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 17. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. And joining us today is a man I have tremendous admiration and respect for. I'm really excited to introduce you today to Doug Van Soost. Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you. You even pronounced it right, which is, you must know me then. (laughs) Yes, I remember when I met you, I put it in my phone with the pronunciation so that I didn't call you Soest or whatever people do to mispronounce your name. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to share with the audience that I've had my eye on you for a few years. Wait, does that sound okay? I know we're both happily married, but eye on your business track, your business success for a few years years and I'm just always really impressed with how much you're doing and the quality of what you're doing and now that you're sharing all of your success in a podcast that's really exciting but why don't you give our listeners a little background with your story of what you've done and how you got to where you are today in the real estate world sure um well I guess going way back um my wife and I we we read Rich Dad Poor Dad which nobody's probably ever heard of that book but (laughs) Yeah, we definitely, we read that book when we were engaged and it kind of changed our whole way of thinking about what are we, what track are we on in life here? What are we doing? It just completely opened our eyes to uh, other possibilities and real estate got on our radar at that point. Um, But it wasn't for, you know, we actually quit our jobs and we started another business in the concessions arena and we didn't end up getting into real estate for another eight years, seven, eight, seven years after we got married. And um, 2008, we bought our first house. I was an appraiser at the time. And uh, we flipped that house. And we've basically not looked back since we've been going full time, uh, buying and flipping houses and collecting rentals uh, ever since then. So what is that eight years, almost eight years this August? Yeah, this is August. So eight years. That is so funny because we, Scott and I, bought our first flip in August of 2008 in Moreno Valley on War Cloud Drive. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we've Three been times. in the game for the same length of time. How interesting. Yeah, great time um, to do it. I think it's really kind of fun and interesting that um, if you tell people what the concessions was, because I think it was a fun business. So can, we, can you tell people what it was? Sure. Uh, we, we sold kettle corn for a living. That's awesome. Yeah, actually friends of ours were, were doing this kettle corn, they had this little kettle corn business in San Diego. I say little, actually it grew to be a very large kettle corn business uh, for them in San Diego at the time. And we moved to Denver, Colorado and started uh, our own kettle corn business there. And within a few months we were selling at the nude Broncos stadium and it was called Invesco Field at that time. But, um, and the Air Force games and all kinds of different sporting events and stuff along the front range and just had a blast. We did that for two years, um, working three or four days a week. You know, we worked hard, but then we would, you know, just kind of take off the rest of the time and, and enjoying our sort of entrepreneurial beginnings uh, and had a great time. And then we sold that business uh, after two years and we moved back to California and 
uh, to our knowledge, they're still in business today. You can still go to the Bronco game and get some kettle corn and think of us. That's awesome. You are selling happiness. Like, I love the smell of kettle corn. Of course, I cringe at thinking of all the calories in it, but I do love to have, have some kettle corn. That's fun. And I also think it's really interesting that you had an entrepreneurial start, that you started with that, as opposed to so many people I know that invest in real estate started their way through a corporate job track and then eventually found their way over to this more entrepreneurial venture of real estate investing. So thanks for sharing that. I think that's really interesting. What would you, how did you say, how would you say that you started? I think you said it was first with a flip. Did you start with wholesaling first or you just dove right in like, Hey, I'm going to flip and, and take all the risk and do the flipping myself. Yeah, we, we did a, we wanted to flip uh, a property. So really uh, we kind of got started when we came back to California, I started listening to podcasts, believe it or not. That's, that's what really got our start in real estate investing. Wow. Free podcasts out there that um, I would listen uh, back in 2005, 2006, and they told me to go to a local RIA club. So I went to a RIA club uh, and heard a guy by the name of Bruce Norris speak. And he, if you're anywhere in Southern California or California in general in real estate, you know that name, well-respected investor, trainer, or market expert. And this was right about 2006, early 2006. And he was just screaming, you know, the sky is about to fall. Get out, sell now. You know, and this is, I was an appraiser. So I lived and breathed real estate every day, right? This is the first time I'd heard that. Um, nobody was saying that anywhere that I knew of at the time, except for Bruce. And so, you know, it, it kind of raised an eyebrow to us and we just kind of followed Bruce and we started getting some of his training and really though, it took a couple more years. I mean, the market crashed, he, his prediction came true. Um, everything fell out of the sky and, and we realized that now this is our opportunity. <laughs> this is like the blue light special at Kmart. I mean, properties were 50, 60% off in our area. Um, and we just knew now is the time to get in. So what we did was we just found an agent off of Craigslist uh, who can help us write offers and somebody raised their hand and we just made offers on bank owned homes on, in the MLS. Um, and we did that for a good nine months before we got an acceptance. So this, it's not like we decided we wanted to get into investing and the next month we had a deal. It, it was a good two year process before that actually happened. Um, so that was our story. We finally got that acceptance and then, you know, we ended up getting two more, uh, in the next couple of months. So it kind of started, the ball started rolling after that, but uh, we very, getting very close to quitting when we <laughs> hadn't gotten a yes answer for all those, with all those offers we'd been sending. Um, but luckily we hung in there. Yep. That's awesome. So why don't you also share with us um, how your path in real estate investing evolved? Because I know you're saying you start out with the flipping, but I think you also then went on to wholesaling. Well, I know that since I've bought houses from you, some of my better deals, I might add. <laughs> and um, also, I think you have quite a large rental portfolio as well. So tell us about the evolution and how you've ended up where you are today. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we started out just flipping houses uh, as many as we could. And it was, like I said, it was off the MLS. Um, so the first couple of years we would do 10, maybe 12, 13 uh, flips, you know, about one a month. It's, that's about all we could get. Um, and then in 2011 is when we decided to kind of really ramp up what we were doing. And we started mailing 
directly to landlords. We would mail to absentee owners. And in 2011, not too many people were doing that in California, at least we um, And so we started getting more and more deals and just kind of started growing. And we, I don't think we... I don't think we had wholesaled a deal. Maybe one time we'd done a wholesale deal sort of by accident before that, but it wasn't until about 2011 we started introducing wholesaling into our strategy. And I mean, I love wholesaling. <laughs> you know, it, basically you get paid for as good as a deal you can negotiate. So um, you don't have the risk. You don't, have the time for rehabbing it. You don't have to worry about your contractor going bankrupt in the middle of your rehab. Uh, you don't have all those stresses and waiting six months to get paid. You can turn the property quickly and just realize the, you know, the, the income from it right away. So we wholesale about 75% of all the deals we get in our contract today. Wow. Yeah. Wow, and, that's and rentals. Yes. That was our, always been our, our goal is to collect as many, uh, keep as many of these properties as we could uh, because we know that that's, that's our, our ultimate goal is to have cash flow that um, is, is never ending. It just lasts. It's our, it's our retirement plan. So the cash flow is what we're really after. So rentals were a huge part of our, our game plan from the beginning. And we've been fortunate. Now we have over 50 rental properties currently. Wow, that is a huge number. So, I mean, is it safe to say that you definitely have achieved your goal of financial freedom with this, with this venture of investing in real estate? So, yes, uh, technically we, we could. Uh, but we're, a lot of these uh, rental properties, actually our goal this year is we're starting to pay some of these off, uh, pay, them, pay them down, pay them off, and fix some of the financing that we have on the rental properties just to improve that overall cash flow because anyone who knows who, who manages <laughs> properties out there, uh, you want to count 50% of your rent is going to be, is going to be taken up through maintenance, vacancies, uh, taxes, insurance, just expenses that happen uh, if your properties are a little bit older like ours are. Um, so in order to get real cash flow, you really got to get that debt down or get it, it paid off completely. So that's what we're focusing on right now. Right. Interesting. Hey, and um, I, I don't think we've mentioned this, but you're based in, is it Marietta, California, right? Yeah, Marietta. Marietta. Where would you say that your business mostly transpires? Is it in the Inland Empire or give us a basic idea of that? Yeah. So our, our, main, our main market is the Inland Empire, which is... San Bernardino Riverside counties, um, but we do venture out to San Diego County a little bit. We do venture into East LA County and Orange County a little bit, and even further out to the the low desert area, which Palm Springs area, I think, is where we wholesale to use some properties. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So anywhere that's about an hour and a half, two hour drive from here, which is a, a lot of people and a lot of properties if you're centrally located. Like we are. Do you have a count of how many deals you've done, either how many you flipped or wholesaled? I mean, I know you're say you're holding 50 rentals now, but what about the other numbers just so people can get an idea of your vast experience? Since the beginning, since we started? Yeah. We're probably around 300 properties that would be the total that we flipped and wholesaled. Awesome. Wow. This year, I think, uh, I think we've wholesaled around 35 to date, and we're here in August 1st. So, wow. Awesome. Yeah, something like that. 
<laughs> yeah, we're going to have to talk after the show because I want to buy some more from you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, when I think of your name, I think about that one that we did in, I think the city was Victorville, that it burned while it was in escrow, <laughs> caught on fire, <laughs> a bacon owls, right? Yeah, so that one turned out to be good, although I got to learn new skills of how to get rid of... Um, smoke smell in a firehouse. It's much more challenging than I ever dreamed. And that you need to run the air conditioning or the HVAC system after you've cleaned it. Well, let me phrase it this way. Before you do the final cleaning, because I think they turned it on and then blew a bunch of stuff through the house. So <laughs> live and learn, right? All these new challenges that get to come up. <laughs> Believe it or not, you're not the only person who uh, has had a house catch on fire after we wholesaled it to them. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, there's no, ask Justin about that one. <laughs> okay. So you, you're on fire, literally, huh? <laughs> or your deals are, huh? <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> hey, how about... Um, and I know I'm catching you a little on the spot maybe with this, but maybe you can take a second and think about maybe one of your, your best deals and or maybe some of your lessons learned that would be really interesting to our listeners. Just like I talked about run the HVAC system before the final clean, because otherwise someone will come in and turn it on and makes a mess of everything. But um, what yeah. interesting stories or lessons could you share with our listeners? <laughs> Oh man, what interesting stories, lessons learned. There's so many. Every deal is is unique. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess, especially if I was beginning, you, you definitely want to um, you want to expect the unexpected in terms of rehabs. Unless you're about to rehab a you know a house that's only two or three or four years old. <laughs> Come on, those houses don't need rehab. Come on, Doug. <laughs> there's going to be unknowns. Um, you know, so I guess, uh, well, one lesson we've kind of learned recently is, is um, if you're going to take on a project that has to do, if you're going to get the city involved or you think the city may be involved, in other words, if you're going to do an addition or build or, or if you have a home that's designated historical, um, you want to allot a lot of extra time for that. So this is a lesson we've learned recently. We have a home in Riverside that we're just about to finish up finally, but uh, we're dealing with the city and the historical society on everything that has to be done. And the historical society meets once a month. Oh. So <laughs> if they want a correction, it's another 30 days before they can even approve that. Uh, so just yes. to take into consideration, you're not going to get that house done in two or three months uh, for things like that. So, you know, here we are, we've done hundreds of homes and, and this is the first time we've ever really encountered both of these entities that we have to deal with. And it's just, you know, tripled our, our turn time on this property. So wow. that's a recent lesson. So that, you know, there's always something unknown, but um, at the same time, don't let that hold you back from, from moving forward just because you are thinking of the worst possible thing that can happen. You know, mm -hmm. we've done hundreds of houses and that's only happened to us once, you know, where those two, two scenarios have overlapped so interesting yeah. can you tell us about one of your best deals um maybe sh share some numbers of one of your really great deals that was just like a home run and you loved it yeah i mean the one that comes to mind is when we just did recently here in murrieta down the street um we, we haven't been able to flip that many homes in the murrieta temecula area and for whatever reason, we just felt like we haven't been able to get a, a dis enough of a discount to, to make it make sense. But uh, the nice thing is when you buy a home in an area that is desirable 
has good schools and, and you know, working class people, families want to live there, they will pay a premium for um, a nice home in that area. So we just completed a, a Murrieta house that um, really only required flooring, paint, you know, counters, appliances. It, it was about $20,000 rehab. Um, and that thing had multiple offers in the first day and sold for 30000 over our list, our projected sale price. So wow, awesome. It added an extra, and it was able to appraise. So it, only, it added an extra $30,000 that we sort of didn't expect when we bought the house. And beyond that, there was no city involved. It was you know, just down the street so we could go visit it. And the whole project took about um, you know, two and a half months. So it was really, it's nice when all those things happen. That's not every deal, but that one comes to mind, and that was a, a great deal. Could you share with us your acquisition price and your exit price? I know you gave the repairs of twenty grand. Yeah, um, let's see. We bought it for. I want to make sure this is right. I think it was two fifteen, and we put about twenty thousand into it, and we sold it for three seventy. Oh my goodness. That is some sweet profit. I'm not positive, but it was, you know, we listed it for 340 and it ended up selling for 37. So. so that deal sounds like it was amazing and dreams really can come true with flipping California. People say you can't flip or make money in California. And I think it's definitely become more competitive. Would you agree that deals are harder to find than they used to be? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, as the market's been quote unquote strong here for the last several years, the competition has definitely risen and rarely rare. I don't know if I can't think of any in the last year that any houses we've bought where we're the only person talking to the seller. I mean, we're always competing with somebody else always. Hmm. That's when all your many experiences of negotiating directly with sellers come in handy. It makes you all the better. Hey, and one more question on that Marietta deal. How did you find that deal? What was the source of the deal? Pretty sure that was a mailer. I, okay. I'm not sure because I didn't look it up before, but I'm 90% sure that it was just a, an absentee owner mailer. Okay. Uh, I think the circumstance was, and I have to say, you just complimented my negotiating. and I, I didn't negotiate that deal. Uh, we have uh, a couple of people uh, working with us here that go out and actually meet with the sellers, talk to them on the phone. I never met the seller, never talked to him. So I, did, I can't take the credit for that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your team that you have grown? Because I'm sure it started out just being um, you, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it did. Yeah, it was, it was uh, my wife and I. It's always been us. Um, and, uh, for several years it was, you know, we were the Lone Rangers and we did everything, uh, which is, was fine. That was a great way to get going and great way to start. Um, but a couple of years ago we started trying to, to grow and we outsourced a little bit. So we brought on a, you know, full-time administrative assistant. Um, and that person has kind of grown into a, a property manager as well for our rentals. Nice. Um, and then we, we have a, a person who works strictly the phones. She'll return every single seller lead call that comes in, kind of screen them a little bit to see how motivated they are. She'll make offers and lock up the deals on the phone sometimes. Wow. Or she'll set an inspection for another guy we have who actually goes out, our local inspector, he'll go out, run comps, meet, you know, uh, estimate repairs, meet with the seller there if, if possible and try to lock up the deal uh, in person. So a small team that helps us to do the numbers we do. We certainly couldn't do it all on our own for sure. 
Well, what does that leave you to do then? I'm just kidding, but no. So what role do you Back play? To you. <laughs> <laughs> what role do you um, play in the business now? So I still oversee the whole acquisitions process. Um, I, I'm kind of managing, uh, the, well, I handle all the marketing. So I send out our marketing. Um, I, I watch the leads as they come in. I'm, I'm constantly giving feedback on value and what I see um, approving uh, offers and contracts as they come in. I'm also selling the homes still with the wholesale deals. I'm trying, I, I, you know, I have the relationship with the buyers. Um, so the wholesale deals, I'll, I'll try to sell those. And Andrea, she is now our project manager, 100%. She deals with our contractors completely. I'm not involved in that at all. Um, she picks all the design. She works with them, inspects the properties on a weekly basis. And then she's also our listing agent. Um, so she'll list the homes uh, as they come up. And, you know, at any given time, we're working on 10 to 12 properties, it seems like, uh, in, our, in our pipeline. So she's pretty busy doing that. That's awesome. I love how new people can hear that, that you grew into that, that it started out you, you and Andrea alone doing everything, but that, you know, it could have been just you. If it's a single person out there, I don't want them to think, oh, I can't do this because I don't have a spouse to do half the work. You can do it alone to start out with, and then you just grow and you add people in, start them at 10 bucks an hour to help you with the low level tasks, and you just grow from there. You add them in probably one at a time, right? Yeah. I mean, you can just kind of, you know, when you feel that you're too busy, you kind of look at the, uh, what, what, what am I doing every day? That's really not making us any money or that I could easily have somebody else do for $10, $15 an hour. And then start with that. Have them do that. Have them call the utility companies all day long. Cause you know, you can be on the phone for hours with them. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, have them do those kinds of things. And then after a while, if that's working good and you, you do the same thing, evaluate again, what else can I outsource? Um, so, you know, I'll admit we're not the best at this. Justin has really helped us pull us along on, on learning to outsource and trust people and, and do that. And so, uh, you know, we've, we've been fortunate enough to implement some outsourcing and have a little bit of a team with us now that, that helps us out quite a bit. That's awesome. Yeah. And just for those of you listening, if you're not sure who he's speaking of, it's Justin Williams, who was on a few episodes ago. And Justin is a master at what does he call it? Nail it and scale it, you know, building a team, figure out what to do, how to do what you're doing, document it and pass it off on to someone else. So he's really, really good at that, especially for those of us. And I'm not saying you, Doug, but my husband is especially this way. He's like, well, no one can do it as well as me. That's what he says all the time. Okay. Maybe right. But there's only so many of your hours to go around in a day. So you definitely have to learn to delegate to grow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as we're coming near the end of the show here, um, you gave some advice here, but what would be your best advice for a brand new investor and then maybe some advice for someone who is a little bit more seasoned and experienced? Well, if you're a brand new investor, uh, I I always just say you need to to take action. Uh, Mm. Obviously, you want to get some education. Um, but don't get stuck in thinking you always need to be learning more and more and more before you take your first step, which would be, you know, simply making an offer on a property. Right. So I say take smart action and just do it. Uh, if you don't know what to do today and you're like, well, how do I make an offer today? Get on Craigslist, start looking for some for sale by owners and call them up and make an offer, make a conservative offer if you're scared, but at least get used to talking to people and, and getting 
uh, offers out there and, and then call up some agents. Um, get on realtor.com, call up local agents, tell them you're looking for, you know, fixer properties. Do you have anything fall out of escrow recently that, you know, think just start doing something, taking some action to kind of get your name out there and, and be looking for opportunities. And then eventually an opportunity will, will come. And it's not by chance because you've been doing something to make that happen. So I, I just say take action and continue to, to educate yourself as you're taking action. <laughs> I love that. They're free. Tons of information out there in podcasts. That's what we did. Uh, I, I highly recommend listening to, you know, short shows like yours. And there's so many others out there as well. And shows like yours. So why yeah. don't you tell people the name of your podcast so they can go find it? Yeah. So our show is Spouses Flipping Houses. And uh, you, can, you can go to spousesflippinghouses.com. And, you know, it's, it's my wife, Andrea, and I. We kind of focus on doing this business together. There's so many people. You and Scott work together. But so many people we know work in some capacity with their spouse in this business, or at least uh, their spouse, you know, has, has some kind of support role or something like that. And they're not just a spouse. It could be a, a brother and sister or father-son or, you know, mother-daughter that are doing the flips together. And, you know, you've got a relationship beyond just the business world that you want to uh, not hurt. <laughs> you want to maintain that, that relationship as well as try to be successful in business. So it's, you know, it's kind of centered around that, but we have a lot of just general real estate investing information. That's, that's good for you out there. Yeah. It's a great show. I love listening to it and I love learning from you because some people kind of put shows out there that aren't truly experts, but man, you're an expert. I mean, once we get a couple hundred houses under our belt, like you and me both, we got a lot of information to share. So that's great. I love that you have that show. And um, why don't we just wrap it up real quick with a piece of advice for a more seasoned investor? Well, I guess it depends on what you're kind of struggling with, but um, uh, kind of touching on what you said before, I know a lot of seasoned investors who just don't want to let go of that thing that they've been doing. So, and, and they may be the best at it. Scott probably is the best at whatever he's doing. Uh, and you know what? That's okay. But if you do want to grow, if that's your struggle and, and you're just, your time is spent doing everything, you can train somebody else or find somebody else who, you know, even if they're not as good as you, they might be 50% as good. But if you get two people that are 50% as good as what you're doing, now you've got 100% of what you were just doing and your time is free to, to work on other aspects of your business. So that's been a lesson that we've had to learn the hard way and really kind of teach ourselves and, and you know, force ourselves into getting other people to help us. Uh, but it is really, um, I don't know, it's really helped catapult us to the next level. And, and how I view that as success is just the time that, that it has freed up in, in, our, in our lives to be able to spend with kids, with family. We've gone on four or five vacations this summer, and, and our team has, has run the business without us. I mean, we're still there checking in and kind of overseeing, but I'm not in the office every day for eight hours a day or, or out in the field at eight hours a day. We're just not, um, thankfully, because we've been able to get some good people uh, on board to help us. I love it. Well, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. I appreciate you sharing your very valuable time because I know it is valuable with our audience and we'll definitely have your contact info. Go ahead. And if you would, we have your website is spousesflippinghouses.com. And can people email you through that website? Or do you want to give out an email? Yeah, you can. I'm, I'm Doug at spousesflippinghouses.com. 
Awesome. Yeah. And Holly, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate coming on and I'll try to find you a wholesale deal soon. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And audience, go check out his podcast. It's fun, educational, and entertaining. So with that, thank you and have a great day. All right. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com, on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.